Welcome to the Blue Collar Experts Podcast. My name is Todd Wall, and we recognize that the marketplace is more crowded than it ever has been in human history. We use the principle of if it is true there, then it is true here to find what is working in different contexts and apply it to your business. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Blue Collar Experts. There are a lot of people who are good at their business, but it's communication that is the key differentiator between whether or not your business is hidden or is seen as an expert. Today, I've got Mark Haney with the Growth Factory as today's guest, and he's going to share with us a little bit about his incubator system that is helping businesses thrive in today's busy, busy, crowded community of businesses. Let me bring him on today. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Great to be here, Todd. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to hear more about your program, the Growth Factory, um, and specifically, you know, because... Because all of that came out of your success in business in your exit and then coming into now you're wanting to help entrepreneurs. I love one of the things that you said specifically on your, your website where you said solitude is the death for entrepreneurs. And so you've created this community. Tell me what, what has inspired you to, to really create this community atmosphere and what, what are some of the, you know, we'll, we'll get into with the benefits that are coming out of it. But tell me about the inspiration of this community. Yeah, nobody builds a truly great company alone. I've learned that firsthand. And it seems to me that the quality of business partner that you put in your life really is at the key to any successful endeavor. I sold my companies in 2010 and decided that I wanted to do something important with my life and focus right here in my hometown. So I've been focused relentlessly local while my companies that I sold were based, uh, based out of the Sacramento region, but we did business all over the country. I wanted to bring it back home and, and really build from within and create opportunity. So I began with a mission statement after selling my companies. With future generations in mind, I will help create opportunity for my family, my friends, and my community. And as they succeed, I succeed. And it's been that mission statement that's really been my guiding light for helping create opportunities for entrepreneurs in the Sacramento region. And so here on your website, the, the Growth Factory, you're talking about this, the backyard advantage. So tell me what is the backyard advantage and how do you really see that as a, as a, key, as a key factor? You bet. So the Growth Factory is something that we started about 18 months ago. It's a startup accelerator with an accompanying venture fund and then the Backyard Advantage. And the Backyard Advantage is this tribe of people that get it. They understand the power of entrepreneurship. They understand that entrepreneurs are the heroes of the American economy. They're the ones that take risk make sacrifices, and figure out a way to change the world. So we built this tribe of savages, and these are people that really know how to help entrepreneurs get from point A to point B. We've got over 100 investors. We've got over 100 mentors, and we're building corporate and civic partnerships with different municipalities and businesses around the region, all to focus around the most promising startups 
uh, in the region. And together, we're, we're really becoming the most connected community in the world for local entrepreneurs. You said tribe of savages, and that piqued my ear. What, what, is, what does that mean, a tribe of savages? Give me the kind of the profile of, of what that key entrepreneur really is. Yeah. Some of these uh, savages, if you will, are people who have been there, done that. They've built businesses. They've had exits. They've raised money from, uh, from venture capital. They've been in the trenches and they get it. That's where you want to learn. If I'm, le if I'm an entrepreneur and I want to learn, the best way to learn is by getting in the game and getting my hands dirty, rolling up my sleeves and, and doing it myself. But the second best way to learn is to be around people who have actually been there. And these are the people that can give the most real world guidance when it, when it comes to growing our businesses. You know, so what, what is a key contributor to, uh, to getting that information to really go back and forth? I mean, people, you know, they network in their, you know, uh, in their local networking groups, whether it's the, you know, there's a million of them, local networking groups, but they don't end up actually creating a leverage point or a tipping point in any way. Well, what's the real key to getting real information to exchange back and forth? Because, you know, I, you know, I, I can go to my local chamber, I can meet some really high level business people, but, but it doesn't end up actually, you know, impacting my life. What, what is it that that's enabling this within this backyard, you know, this backyard advantage, how are you getting that real information to actually exchange back and forth? It begins with love at the heart of uh, the backyard. And that's a give first mentality, a sort of a, a pay it forward approach to helping your fellow entrepreneur. And when you go to a networking event, a lot of times people are trying to sell things to each other, right? I'm networking. I want to meet people and sell things to one another. And many times at these networking events, you don't have the people who have built $100 million companies, $200 million companies, raised $100 million. These are not the people that show up at most networking events at a chamber of commerce. The, at our events and in, within our group, these are people who have really had some success and they come into it knowing that it's our obligation to help our fellow man we that we need to help one another it's sort of part of the code of the growth factory and of the backyard advantages that we want to help one another because we know what kind of difference that can make and that success breeds success for our entire region and it's a it's a really good feeling to help somebody in that way and so as they begin to uh, build trust that love actually does come out of this and we get to live vicariously through these success stories. So how do you develop that, that culture, you know, that culture of love, that culture of, of one person helping another person. We're in a similar, I'm in a similar model with, with high digital. We're in a franchise model where, you know, we feel this, we're like a wolf pack. We're all moving and, and fighting and, and moving in that same direction. So I really identify with what you're saying, but how do you specifically building that community um, to where you've got a lot of egos in that room? So how are you, is it in your vetting process or is it in your ongoing communication? 
how are you building out that community to where they really are, you know, success breeding success and everyone, you know, helping one another? Uh, great question. Yes, I definitely think it begins with uh, the first people that come into the community. So my co-founders, Rick Spencer and Monique Brown, they have a level of humility that is second to none. And then we, when we bring somebody into our tribe, into the backyard, there is a vetting process and we make sure that they understand what we're all about and why we are doing this. And there's also a communication aspect to it. So, you know, the purpose of your show is really around driving this communication and our biggest obsession as the leaders of the growth factory is to drive organizational clarity. We want to make sure that it is crystal clear to the people in the tribe uh, what we're trying to accomplish. And so for sure, ongoing communication is uh, enormous. I saw you had a book behind you from Seth Godin, and he's got a book on building tribes. And some of the principles in these um, tribe building uh, methodologies really boil down to communication. So that's really what it's about. And really it's about making things uh, easy to communicate so that it doesn't have to boil up through leadership, right? So we get people working interdependently with one another, communicating with one another so that it doesn't have to come up to Mark Haney for the communication. There's a, it's like a, um, a human system that is uh, working together, communicating with one another. So, so take us under the hood a little bit. So this organizational clarity, it's all, you know, Donald Miller says, if you confuse, you lose. And so you, you said it's not only internal, you know, clarity, but external clarity. So let's start with internal clarity. What is it you're really pushing these entrepreneurs? How are you helping them create that internal community or clarity? I mean, you bet. I mean, I think one of the biggest uh, questions we have to ask ourselves as leaders or as human beings is, what are you going to do with what you've got, right? So you go to get in the refrigerator and you got to make some dinner. What are we, we going to have tonight, honey? Well, let's see what we got. What are you going to do with what you got? And you end up slapping it together and you, and you make dinner. It's that same way when we're building a business. It's the biggest decision we have to make is really assessing what our assets are, what our liabilities are, what our opportunities are. And those things change on a regular basis. And so we want our entrepreneurs to understand what the assets are. They have this mission that they have with their individual business, but what people, what assets, what opportunities are here right before their very eyes that they can tap into. Many times that comes into play. Let's say we're building a digital marketing company. Uh, or excuse me, a business that needs to drive digital marketing, utilizing digital marketing. Well, you would want to know people like yourself or the badasses in digital marketing around the Sacramento region. Chances are some of those people are in our tribe. And so you would want to get plugged in with those people in order to help you advance your mission. You might have a, a need regarding finance and, and getting uh, more funding, more venture capital into your business. It may be about leadership and becoming a, a real um, high-powered CEO. There's all kinds of areas 
within our business. And one of the number one things is going out and attracting users and customers for our business. These are enormous things and opening doors is a huge part of what the tribe does. Yeah, well, absolutely. That definitely the power of that, that strong, strong tribe network for opening those doors. But now the first thing you said was you're talking about clarity of what, what are their assets? I mean, this, this takes you away from, you know, no business is a cookie cutter. Every business is a unique, you know, living organism. So what is it you're trying to help them recognize? Is it, is, you know, is it, uh, the strengths of their team, you know, I guess, you know, using the, the traditional, you know, personality inventories, you know, whichever one's popular today, or, you know, what, what is the real push in helping them clarify or how do you help them clarify what their asset assets are? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's multifaceted and there is, we have one program that's called get fundable. So they, they need to be able to, uh, make sense of their finances in order to, um, take their business to another level. We're investing into companies that have the potential to scale nationally or worldwide. And often uh, they are very interested in gaining other venture capital. So we'll put some money in, get them some seed money, and then we'll help them to go get some more venture capital. So part of it is assessing what their story is so that they can go out and get some more venture capital. So part of it is on the getting funding piece. Part of it is um, in the customer uh, discovery piece. So what market they are best suited to attack. Many times these uh, entrepreneurs are, are chasing uh, a very wide, with a very wide net. And, and many times they need to narrow their focus. So we help them with that discovery, uh, you know, and getting the product, product market fit. That's a piece of it. And then there's really a, a big piece of it is discovering who they are as people, what their strengths and weaknesses are, who, what kind of teammates they need to put in their life so they can have the best chance of succeeding. And then part of that is this extended team, the backyard advantage coming on board and, and who is in this backyard that could, that could help you. I love this. So, so correct me if I'm wrong. So you said making sure their, their finances are in a, in the, in a way that they can be funded in order to scale at those next levels. And then the asset of understanding their niche of what they're going after. So they're not, they're not going in the shotgun model, but, you know, really know, go knowing which niche uh, and target market, because they say the riches are in the niches, right? And that, and that what they say. So that was, that was a good number two. And then that third one was, is it just the power of the network and then just that building of the team? Who yeah, do you need to hire? Sorry to interrupt you. Yes, it's the power yeah. of our overall network, but really assessing what their leadership team, what the, what the founding team is made up, of, made up of. I mean, teams need to have somebody who are typically an entrepreneur. I shouldn't say there's typically because they come in all shapes and sizes, but it's really common to have an entrepreneur that really understands their product. They end up being a, a product uh, person and they're solving this problem. So typically the, the founder is good at the product, but you also need strength in sales and marketing. And then you also need strength in finances. So really you need to have these three pillars strong and 
there's nobody that's great at all three. And, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, nobody builds a truly great company alone. You need to have truly great people uh, running the business. And those are super important things to get right at the beginning. Okay, so let's go forward just a little bit. So in your mind, from the, the, the businesses you've helped launch, what are those businesses, what are the key attributes of those businesses that are thriving and that are being now being seen as experts in that target, that target model, uh, whatever that market that they chose are? I think that the big key for a startup that I look for is the founder and the commitment level, the humility level, the authenticity level, because those people will end up attracting other people that are like that. So that's, I think, a pretty big key. Um, and the one thing that all of these entrepreneurs need to have is I talk about humility is their business plan is going to change. It will. Every startup ends up pivoting at some level and needing to discover what direction to take the company. And so the, I think the companies that have been most successful for us are, are the founding teams that have been able to sort of pivot in a way that um, allowed them to get some real traction, attract some more money in, and then grow sales from there. That's interesting. So what, what, are, what are the key, what's the key uh, contributor for their ability to pivot? I mean, I mean, like you said, authenticity and humility, those are, those are key obvious factors. So you're not, you don't go down with the ship when you, you think that's the only idea. But what are the other key, key factors that enable these businesses to be able to pivot? I mean, we're in a, you know, the beginning of a recession. You know, there's a, you know, this is a, has to be a very, uh, we have to be very versatile right now. So what advice do you have for someone listening that can enable them to pivot successfully? I guess I have uh, a couple of thoughts come to mind. One, we need to be systematically scrappy. So that needs, there needs to be a culture of scrappiness. If you have three teammates, we all need to understand that, you know, this especially in the startup world, money is, can, be, can, be, can be really difficult to come by. And especially heading into a potential recession, of course, you've got to be thinking about what are you going to do with what you got um, and, and how much runway you have. But all startups go through this, uh, well, I shouldn't say all, most startups go through this sort of cycle where you begin with this uh, big dream and you know, solve this big problem and change the world. And then invariably you realize it's a lot more difficult than what you, what you thought it was going to be. And so there's this, uh, some people call it the trough of sorrow. There's this period of time when you're really trying to figure it out. And I think that's really when commitment comes in. If you don't have the commitment level to weather the storms, handle the headwinds, then it's really easy to um, sort of second guess yourself. And if the commitment level is not there for you, the founder, then your co-founders and your other teammates might tend to lose a little bit of confidence and 
you don't want a team that is losing their confidence, losing their commitment level in the middle of this storm, uh, if you will. And so I really do think that a founder that can tap into that commitment level, it, that's enormously important. And many times that begins with why they started the business. Is there this underlying reason above just making a ton of money uh, about how, well, the problem you're solving and how that's going to affect people and how that's going to affect society when you ultimately come out of this thing um, and begin to uh, and begin to win? That I love that answer because it goes back to the character of the person and the cause that they're serving. I interviewed Damon John and. He said they started the clothing line and then they looked around and they recognized that they were part of a bigger cause that they didn't really intend to originally, but they, they recognized it after the fact. And that became the driving force going forward. And so I, so as someone who has a stomach for the fight, I heard you say that. I love how you said systematically scrappy, meaning just not waiting for business to come to them you know, that entitled, you know, whether entitled generation or entitled mentality, but someone who's got it in their gut that they, that they're in it for the fight and they're fighting for someone else. I think it's a lot oh, like you have kids. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's a lot like raising our kids. If we make it too easy on them uh, while we're raising them, that can be a detriment, right? Oh, we opened up every door for this kid and he ended up spoiled. Okay. Those kind of things happen. And so there's, there's maybe a blessing in disguise there for being a startup founder that it's not easy. You've got to be, uh, you got to expect to get knocked down. Um, yeah. And many times there's nobody's coming to save you. So you have to figure that out. That's why entrepreneurship is so special. Uh, and that's why, uh, that's why I'm drawn to it. We're, we're spending time around the most ambitious people in the world. The ones that, understand that nobody goes through life undefeated that we have to we're going to get punched in the mouth yeah but we're willing to fight through and you know your son he's in the navy he understands that my son a marine understands that we can learn a lot from other people who have just figured out a way to a way to fight and a way to win absolutely so what advice do you have for so you said one of the key factors is, is honing down their market. What is it you find yourself, what's the consistent thing coming out of your mouth over and over and over again, you're continually repeating when you're giving them advice on how to hone down their target market? Well, the one uh, consistent messaging that if I, if I was to say, what are you going to do? The, my portfolio company founders would say, with what you got. What are you going to do with what you got? And I think really assessing that on a daily basis, that's how we make our decisions. So what's important now? And many times these things that are going to happen 6, 12, 18, 24 months from now, when you're in the fight, they're not important now. And so if we can get ourselves focused on what's important today, what am I going to do with what I got today? These are the most important uh decision-making processes that we, we have to go through uh, in order to win. And so I think that's um, number one. I think that's the repeatable 
mantra that uh, they would all be able to recite back to you. I guess so this, they're not too future minded that they lose sight of what today is. You, you really try to get them to hone their focus on, you know, what's in their power, I guess, today, wow. what, what's right in front of their face. Now, does that help them refine their target audience and their target market? Or, or does that, can that almost, can sometimes, can that send them in an offshoot just because the tyranny of the urgent, you know, the what's, what's right in front of their, their face? How do you, how do you still keep them focused on that act, their ultimate target? I always tell them that the truth is in the trenches and the trenches are talking to your customers. So right there's the best way to understand what's working with your product, what's resonating, resonating with your customer is by talking to your customer. And so we have to spend time as founders looking at the nuances of the way our product is being adopted. And the answers are typically in that realm as to how we want to adjust. And, and then we need to, uh, as we narrow our niche, then we need to uh, attack in that niche and learn from that niche. You know, I heard you say a couple, there's a couple patterns that I really want to uh, point out. Like with the, the phrase you just said, the, the truth is in the trenches. You have to talk to the customer. And then a minute ago, you, you spoke about the, uh, you're serving someone else's cause. And so, um, I mean, they, that the same thing is true in marketing when we were trying to reposition that person from thinking that they're the hero of the story to their customers, the hero of the story. I mean, you feel like that, I mean, that's a main re repositioning and readjust juxtaposition to really set people loose in this environment. Yeah, one of the things that my teammates and I share with uh, uh, our portfolio founders is that it's better to fall in love with the problem than fall in love with the solution. Uh, we, we start companies a lot of times thinking we have this big solution and we're, we're really in love with our product and all the different bells and whistles that it might have on it. But the customers have problems, they have needs, they have things that they're trying to accomplish. And so if we can get in that space with the customer in the trenches, that's when the big discoveries have, and it's really solving their problems. I love that. Mark, thank, thank you so much for this time. Uh, I mean, I love the systematic scrappiness to getting, getting in the fight and then getting in the trench with the customer, what are they saying to, like you said, so you're not falling in love with the solution. You're falling in love with the problem. I mean, that's almost poetic the way that you said that, Mark, I, I really do appreciate that and the time and the contribu contribution you just made to our community. That's going to hear this podcast. So again, Mark, thank you so much for this time. I really do appreciate it. You bet. Thank you, Todd. All right. You have a good rest of the day. And for those of you listening to the uh, Blue Collar Expert podcast, uh, subscribe, like, do all the things that everybody else is telling you the same exact thing and join this community. Let's all fight this fight together. Let's hone our communication. Let's make the customer the hero and let's help you stand out from a very, very busy crowd. Have a good day.